Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And this is on lung cancer screening. Is it ready for prime time? And I was asked to give this talk, or a version somewhat like this, at the Topics in Internal Medicine at Hopkins, a Tumulty course, his 60th year. And I was speaking to internal medicine docs about what lung cancer screening is and what the opportunities are for their patients. And I thought I would share with you, and maybe expanding the talk a bit, and looking at where lung cancer screening is and what you need to do to be ready to make this indeed uh, part of your practice. Now in radiology, we've often been involved or still are involved in screening studies. We do mammography, now we're talking about breast MR, colon cancer screening, we did barium enemas for years, now virtual colonoscopy, calcium scoring is very big and becoming even bigger, we do DEXA scans for osteoporosis, whole body CT had its moment, and although I think it's pretty good, is not really something that we're doing these days. And that brings us up to lung cancer. Lung cancer screening was done with plain x-rays for many years, or we tried to do it, wasn't very successful. And then with CT, perhaps we could be more successful. So the question is, why are we interested in lung cancer screening? What is it about lung cancer that makes it something that we want to put so much effort in? Well, it's really a numbers game. Lung cancer is the number one cause of cancer-related deaths in the U.S. and worldwide. 2011, the most recent year where we have good numbers, 207,000-plus people in the U.S. were diagnosed with lung cancer, a little bit more men than women but high numbers for both. And 156,000 plus patients died from lung cancer. When you look at the top 10 cancers in the United States, lung cancer is number three in terms of numbers of patients, but look at the number of deaths. It really almost equals the next nine diseases put together. So lung cancer is the big elephant in the room. Cigarette smoking is the main cause of lung cancer. 443,000 deaths each year from cigarette smoking, including secondhand smoke. It's the leading cause of cancer death amongst both men and women in the U.S., and 90% of lung cancers deaths in men and 80% in women are related to smoking. Smoking is terrible, we all know that, and this lecture is not about smoking, but it's not just lung cancer. Cancers of the throat, mouth, nasal cavity, esophagus, stomach, on and on and on. And if you survive not getting cancer, patients who smoke are up to six times more likely to suffer a heart attack than non-smokers. Risk increases the number of cigarettes smoke. It also causes chronic lung disease and all of the sequelae to that. Now, the good news is stopping is a good thing. Obviously, not starting is a better thing, but if you quit by age 30, uh, you can reduce the chance of dying prematurely from smoking-related diseases by more than 90%. Even at age 50, the risk of dying prematurely by, decreases by 50% compared to people who continue to smoke. And even at age 60, it makes a difference. So there's no time better than today to quit if you are smoking. So again, one of the things we talk about with screening is not just screening for people to look for complications like cancer, but also doing the whole process if you're smoking to get people to stop smoking. Having a negative CT and going to celebrate that by smoking a few packs is probably not the scenario we're looking at. Now, when you speak about CT and lung cancer, we know that we all pick up many incidental cancers, right? Regardless of why we're scanning, even this article when we looked way back when at calcium scoring, we found that when you looked at the lungs, 
when you did calcium scoring, and you're only covering about 60 to 70% of the lungs. Nevertheless, you found many nodules, calcified and non-calcified, uh, under one centimeter. You found infiltrates. Now, the truth is, when you look at our study, you found almost 90 patients or so who had lung processes, but only a small percent will be cancer. And that's going to be one of the issues. And we're going to come back to that and speak about that in more detail. And it's no surprise the cancers we pick up incidentally typically are small. They're one centimeter in size, like there on this left lower lung lesion. It's the cases you want to pick up because then you can resect them and the patient will do fine. Now, we knew all about this, and people have spoken for many years about screening. It was in 1980 that Claudia Henschke at Cornell and working with the people like Dave Nadich at NYU did a study in the New York area looking at smokers to see perhaps CT would it help in early detection of lung cancer. And their results were indeed very impressive. On low-dose CT at baseline, when compared to chest X-rays, lung cancers were three times as commonly detected uh, in terms of nodule detection. Malignancy is four times as common. But when you found a malignancy, it was stage one six times more common. And of the 27 CT-detected cancers, 96% were resectable, 85% were stage one. Now remember, typically when you detect lung cancer, 80% of the patients are high grade. They're stage three and stage four. Stage one is resectable. Estimated five-year survival rate of baseline CT-detected malignancies was up to 80% rather than the current rate of 15%. And they had very strict guidelines how to manage the patients. And so the false positives, which were not going to be uncommon, did not result in biopsies or surgery because they would monitor the patients with non-invasive follow-up CT, low-dose CT, and were able to operate a biopsy of the patients who were suspicious of neoplasm. Now, based on these results, many people, Claudia Henschke for one particularly, said, okay, we need to start screening patients. The results are in. The, the results are without question very clear. Other people felt it was a wonderful study, great results, but from 1,000-plus patients, it would be very difficult to explain why we should spend hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. And so because of that, over the next two years, there were a lot of discussion, and the NLST, or the National Lung Cancer Screening Trial, was um, put together. And this trial, really the reason this study was done was what I circled in yellow, and let me focus. The, it was conducted to determine whether screening with low-dose CT could reduce mortality from lung cancer. It was nothing else. That was its one goal. And so when you put the study together, it was patients aged 55 to 74 who, spoke to, who smoked a minimum of 30 pack years. And if they had quit recently within the prior 15 years, they still were eligible. If you had history of lung cancer, if you had a CT scan within 18 months, if you had symptoms like hemoptysis or weight loss, then you were excluded. So you really wanted true asymptomatic patients. 53,000-plus patients were enrolled, and they were in two groups. Randomized, one group got a chest CT, one group got a plain film. This was done at 33 sites across the U.S., so site prejudice was eliminated. And what patients had was they would have three exams at one-year intervals. Now, everyone knew what would be the downside of screening besides the cost. Well, 
be a high false positive rate on the initial study. You're going to pick up lots of nodules. Majority can be benign. What happens then? Overdiagnosis, probably going to pick up incidental cancers in a 74-year-old that would not have affected their lifespan. What about radiation? Three studies. Now, we're doing low dose, but at least theoretically, it's an issue. And what if we find something in a patient and they get a biopsy, they get a complication, or they get surgery and they get a complication? Potential risk. The study tried to control things in a way of making certain that we had uh, a certain standard across the board. Everyone had to look at a pre-test to make certain they could read the CT scans. Each side had only a couple of readers. The protocols you can see here, many of the sites had four slice scanners. Wow, that's a long time ago. Or 16 or 64, and whether you're Siemens or G or anything else, the protocols were very carefully set. And how you interpreted the studies was carefully set. Negative, clinically important abnormality, but not suspicious for lung cancer, and positive, suspicious for lung cancer. In looking at the nodules, we would use the Fleischner criteria. So remember, these are all high-risk patients because they were smokers. So a nodule at 4 millimeters, follow-up at 12 months, and of no change, no further imaging. Now, of course, everyone was three years worth. If nodules were 4 to 6 millimeters in size, then you would have earlier CT at 6 months, and we'd follow them up. Nodules in 6 to 8 millimeters, a closer follow-up. And over 8 millimeters, the patient was then evaluated further, whether with contrast-enhanced CT, PET, or biopsy. So very strict rules. Hopkins, I'm happy to say, was number three in terms of getting the number of patients, and we were number one in terms of minority recruitment. When you look at the time capsule from NLST, planning 2000, study opens 2002, enrollment complete by 2004, some patients were registered in 2004, and so the final screening, near three years, was 2007. Analyzing the data went through 2009. We kept following the patients even after we stopped screening. In 2010, the NCI that was monitoring the study felt that there was enough information that we should reach and evaluate the patient data and reach our conclusions. And in 2011, the article, New England Journal of Medicine, Reduced Lung Cancer Mortality with Low-Dose CT was published. Okay, what did this article say? So let me go through in detail without giving any editorial comment. Uh, the article spoke about the trial, the three years, the enrollment, and all of the data collected through 2009. Impressively, 90% adherence to the protocol. So it means patients came back three times. We also were able to follow up the patient. So again, many studies is high dropout rates, and you don't know why people drop out. Here we had 90%. But look at the results. The rate of positive screening tests was 24% with low-dose CT and about 7% with chest x-rays. A total of 96% of the positive screening results and 94% in the radiology group were false positives. And remember, this is what people are going to say is an issue. Look at the percent false positives. But that's probably not going to be a surprise, right? Because picking up nodules is not uncommon. Depending where you are in this country, 30 to 60% of patients age 60 will have nodules. The incidence of lung cancer was 645 cases per 100,000 person years in the CT group as compared to 572 in the radiography group. 
Well, what does this mean? There were 247 deaths from lung cancer per 100,000 years in the low dose and 309 per 100,000 years in the radiography group. And what that meant was there was a relative reduction in mortality from lung cancer with low-dose CT of 20%. And besides that 20% reduction in mortality by using screening CT, the rate of death from any cause was reduced in the low-dose CT group compared to the radiography group by 6.7%. And that was a very important number, and that number surprised everyone. Again, 20% decrease in mortality from lung cancer in the low-dose CT group. The rate of positive results were higher with low-dose CT than with radiography by a factor of more than three, and low-dose CT screening was associated with a high rate of false positives. You're going to pick up more nodules, but more significant nodules, and because you pick them up early, you have this 20% decrease in mortality. And the conclusion of the article, screening with low-dose CT reduces mortality for lung cancer. Now, in writing the article, Denise Aberley, who did a wonderful job, also stated in the article at the end, although some agencies and organizations are contemplating establishing lung cancer screening recommendations based on the NLST findings, she felt and the authors felt that the current NLST data alone, in our opinion, are insufficient to fully inform such important decisions. Okay, so basically they're saying you cannot make a decision to do lung cancer screening at this time. And they continued before public policies is crafted, cost effectiveness should be analyzed, the reduction in lung cancer mortality must be weighed against the harms from positive screening results and overdiagnosis as well as cost. The cost component includes not only the screening exam itself, but diagnostic follow-up and treatment. Okay, so really she left the question open, what should we do how much more information do we need? Well, no, not surprisingly, there were two camps. Some people said, forget it. We need to screen now. There's no sense waiting. And some people said, not so fast. Silvestri, Annals of Internal Medicine. Although the NLST results are perhaps encouraging, they do not tell us enough that we can be sure that patients who undergo low-dose CT and attempt to find early lung cancers will have more benefit than harm. So, and his point was... False positive exams, overdiagnosis, complications, and radiation exposure. Okay, those are the issues that are always brought up. So let me just take a moment and address those. False positives. We said it before. 98% of all positive CT scans do not result in a diagnosis of lung cancer. And again, the risk of false positive exams resulting in unnecessary procedures can occur. But remember that the way we follow these nodules, we're going to prevent this in most cases. Overdiagnosis, you pick up a small BAC, perhaps it would not have metastasized, perhaps it would not spread. And how often is this going to be a problem? Just simply detecting doesn't mean you're changing outcomes. And an article by Pats felt that up to 18% might be considered overdiagnosis. So perhaps you're not as good in improving outcomes as you thought you were. And of course, the downside would be complications. What about radiation dose? What about unnecessary biopsies? What about unnecessary surgeries? So again, you need to have the process very strictly monitored with very strict guidelines before you biopsy someone, before you operate on someone. It's just not a nodule measurement alone that's gonna be the factor. And then of course, radiation exposure, you're getting follow-up studies every year. 
But again, we have shown low-dose CT with the parameters used under one millisieverts, and the average patient in Baltimore is getting three to five millisieverts, millisieverts a year, so it's really not going to be an issue. Okay. Now, the um, NCI looked at things and, again, tried to analyze things more. So let me show you what they said. Okay, we, they mentioned the numbers. They talk about the numbers of people screened. And then when you look at the results, what they say is 39% of participants in the lung cancer, the low-dose screening group, and 16% of the radiography group had at least one positive result. 96% in the low dose, 94% in chest radiography, consistent across all three rounds. But again, when you look at the cancers, you do see that um, in the low dose CT group, 649 cancers were diagnosed after a positive screening test, 44 after a negative screening test, and 367 among participants who either missed the screening or received the diagnosis after the completion of the screening phase. Okay, very, very important numbers. And they go a step further. 365 deaths from lung cancer occurred in the low-dose CT group and 443 deaths occurred in the chest X-ray group, which gave you that 20% reduction in death from lung cancer with screening with CT. And again, mention this overall decrease in mortality. They did mention the number needed to screen with low-dose CT to prevent one death from lung cancer was 320. So you can see you're screening a lot of patients to save one life. So they, however, felt that it was the right thing to do. Article by Jet. Now, I showed you the article a moment ago in the annals, and this is the, com the comparison article, same issue, where unlike the prior author, Jet felt that these numbers were so compelling and you can see as conclusion, physicians should offer CT screening for lung cancer to patients who fit the high-risk profile defined in the NLST. And you can see that conclusion. So you can see this two different sets of conclusions, screen or don't screen. Other articles in Thorax that same year, unresolved issues with respect to lung cancer screening, feasibility, psychosocial, cost-effectiveness. And so the UK, this is England, was going to do their own study. So again, unresolved issues, and where do we go from here? Well, let's stop. That's 2011, and let me tell you what's happened since 2011 and where we stand today in 2015. Why don't you get a cup of coffee, stretch, and I'll see you back here in 10 minutes. Thanks a lot.